Well, ladies and gentlemen, once again, thank you for joining us at Victorious Friday. You know, every week I talk about, I have an amazing guest. Well, to, to this week is, will not disappoint. Again, I have an amazing guest. Uh, not only is this a guest of mine, but this is a, a dear friend. We go back, uh, we, as they say, we go way back. And uh, when I think about uh, our, my guest today, Pastor Daryl uh, Griffin, I tell you, this is, he's now pastoring the church that's been around since 1902, Oakdale Covenant Church. And Oakdale Covenant Church is near and dear to my heart because my grandparents uh, attended Oakdale. My, my father, my, my, my mom attended Oakdale. So this is, we're going way back in the neighborhood of Chicago, Illinois, and, uh, uh, and picking up some old roots here today on Victorious Friday. Well, let me tell you a little bit about this guest because uh, as he's gonna share more even in his life, I mean, he grew up in Kenosha, Wisconsin. I mean, he's a Morehouse grad and, and he's also a Harvard uh, Divinity grad. Mm -hmm. uh, he has so many accolades. I don't wanna go into all of those. That's not the purpose of today's call. Uh, he may share some of those, but I tell you what I find him is to be a man of God. I find him to be a person who is, as he say, uh, he serves with a great church and, uh, and they have great people. You know, when I think about it, today's podcast, we're going to talk about some key things. And so here's some questions we're, we may address as we go through. Uh, do you like who you are? <laughs> I mean, these are questions we ask every day. Uh, do you even like the person that you're becoming? Uh, do you even believe that your life uh, <laughs> really matters to God and, and, and how you're created and, and what you're created for greater purpose? You know, are you constantly in conflict with your spouse, with your children, with loved ones, with relatives, with co-workers, et cetera? Well, today we're going to walk through a powerful tool uh, that can help you answer those questions or, or begin to at least uh, find answers and investigate where you are in life and how to, and how to navigate through this journey. Pastor Daryl Griffin, welcome to Victoria's Friday. Thank you so much, my brother. I'm grateful to be here. Man, I tell you, you're from my hometown, Chicago, Illinois. And <laughs> I tell you, I've been following from afar because my Chicago White Sox are, you know, has, has finished in first place. Yeah. And we are, you know, we only get to celebrate every 20, 30 years. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, now I know I've offended half of my Chicago folks who are Chicago Cubs. And, uh, but hey, I'm, I'm third generation Chicago White Sox. Yep. And so we are celebrating. And I tell you, if we make the World Series, I'm coming to Chicago and attending some games. <laughs> All right. Brother, how you doing, man? Talk to me. How's the family? How are you, you know, how's Chicago? How's Oakdale Covenant? Oakdale is great. Um, again, we have uh, endured the pandemic. We have navigated, we're still navigating it. Yeah. Um, but things are well. I cannot uh, complain. Uh, the family is doing well. Um, and uh, God is good, man. Yeah. I, I, I really cannot uh, complain. Uh, I am a blessed man. Yeah. Well, brother, it, it has been a joy to get to know you over the years. And now I get a chance to sit down uh, with you today and just talk about something exciting that's on your heart. You have a new book coming out and uh, it's already out. And yes. It's called Building a Better You. Tell us about that, the passion behind it, uh, 
uh, you know, just give us a little bit of, of a summary on it. So uh, building a better you is about using the Enneagram. So uh, many of you might, particularly in the Christian community, are starting to get familiar with this assessment tool called the Enneagram. Um, it is sort of a nine personality types, and it also helps to uh, help you to understand yourself. Uh, we believe that the more you know about yourself, the better you can be in relationship with other people. The Enneagram is also a powerful tool to help you in team building and working with coworkers. And of course, you know, the main thing is for you to understand yourself. Um, a lot of us do not, many of our family members, our friends, they're crystal clear on a lot of our issues and our idiosyncrasies and all that. We just have trouble understanding it. And so the Enneagram gives you a tool to be able to do that so that you can truly find you know, purpose and you can find healing and you can find sort of a direction for your life. Uh, I kind of got exposed to the Enneagram through uh, spiritual direction. I did a degree in spiritual direction and Enneagram is kind of a staple uh, of that about maybe almost 15 years ago. And it captured me, it nailed me, and it has helped us immensely uh, at Oakdale. In fact, the Enneagram caused a conflict to drop by about 90% in the life wow. of our church. Because now we don't take it personal. Yeah. A lot of our, our, our sort of conflict, our different sides, we don't take it personally. We know that people can be wired that way. Man, I think about that. Think about that um, conflict reduction of 90%. Mm -hmm. simply because we under, we began to understand how to connect with one another, how to communicate, how to, what, you know, how a person is wired, so to speak, in their natural state and so forth. And, and to gain that understanding actually builds relationships, doesn't it? Oh, man, I, I love that. And, and as I think about that, you know, as you get to know yourself, I always say transformation begins in me. We, a lot of times we're pointing fingers and trying to figure out transformation in you, but, but really transformation begins in me. And this is a tool I can use to begin to assess who I am and how I'm wired and how I communicate and interact with other people. Um, you know, I, I just, it took me down this thought as you were talking as to, you know, this is Victoria's family and, and we, we, we talk about equipping parents who uh, will reach their children and begin to interact with them and, and each child may have a different personality. They may have a different approach to, to how they approach things and think about things. The Enneagram will even help me to understand my spouse and my children, won't it? Tell me, about, give me a little insight, yeah. So, so I, I always knew that, of course I knew the Enneagram is very effective in helping couples in their relationships and things like that because I use it all the time there and it's been, I just wasn't convinced at the beginning that the Enneagram could help, you know, children and families. I, it, did, it didn't connect with me yeah. until uh, we run a school, as you know, we run Oakdale Christian Academy and 
So I did the Enneagram reluctantly for, for the school. And I thought, well, you know, it's not going to work that well. I, I, I was just confused by it. But I said, you know what? I'm going to do it for the parents um, and for the teachers. So we had a big event. We just did. I taught the Enneagram uh, on a, uh, a, a, a sort of a Wednesday evening or Thursday evening. Taught the Enneagram. And a parent comes up to me and says, Pastor Griffin, you have solved a problem that my daughter and I have had for the, we've been in therapy for the last two years dealing wow. with it. And you've solved it in 90 minutes. Wow. What? I said, what are you talking about? So she said, my daughter, I'm a one, which is uh, a one is a leader. Uh, she says, I, I have a strong personality. So my type is a one. I'm, an, I'm a three. I'm an efficient person. I'm an eight. I have a very strong personality. My daughter is a two, which means she's a loving kind of person. She's a four, which means she's also artistic, creative. Um, and she's a, a nine. She's a, she's a very peaceful, has a very ecumenical style. So her thing is, is that she's pretty much the sort of a leader, uh, aggressive, strong personality type. And her daughter is a flower child. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So she was trying, she thought when her daughter would be, would exhibit a lot of creativity and a lot of wanting to be different and all that she felt like her daughter was just doing that to tick her mm, off. Yeah, she yeah. wanted her daughter to be much more organized, much more efficient, uh, much more aggressive. She wanted all of that. And her daughter was never going to color in the lines. Her daughter was never going to be. Her daughter was always going to be creative in some way. And so what, what in essence, what we were beginning to see is she was trying to turn her daughter into herself. Yes. Rather than allowing her daughter to be herself. <laughs> All right. And so the Enneagram helped the mother to see that. And now, and, and so fast forward, she's blown away by it. I, I run into them probably about two years later. And I asked her, I said, how is it going? You know, I, she, she recognized me. I didn't yeah. recognize her. So she, I asked her, I said, well, how's it going with your daughter? She says, we have a phenomenal relationship now. And she said, all because of that Enneagram. You, she said, you help me to see, help me to see my daughter for who she is and not who I want her to be. Yeah. And her thing is, is that, only thing I regret is I didn't know the Enneagram sooner because I don't know how much damage I had done to my daughter trying to make her into myself. Yeah. After that, I was fully convinced when I you know, taught it for the, the parents came up to me afterwards, I was fully convinced that the Enneagram is a tool that we can use to help us with uh, uh, particularly with teachers, particularly with parents to understand their children. Mm -hmm. And so now 
uh, I teach it for uh, Oakdale Christian Academy for the Parent Teachers Conference, um, uh, Parent Teachers Association. I help with the teachers and I help and use it in our youth and children's division. You know, when you think about uh, training parents and equipping them in this and with this too, um, what's typical uh, of, of the major issues that they're dealing with and, and how have you applied this to, uh, to assess their situation and to help them navigate relationships within their family and, and, and spousal relationships? Well, what, what happens is, is that, so, so to, to give you an understanding of, of the Enneagram's process. So one, uh, there's nine personality types. So one is a good person. It is a usually a first child, the oldest child, or the one that takes leadership in the family. All right, now follow me. Mm -hmm. Two is a loving person. They are uh, uh, put other people's needs before their needs. They've never met a stranger, easily connect with people, have a hard time saying no. Threes are efficient people where they operate in systems. So they're efficient people. They, uh, they have a process. So if you ever want something like a, a process or some problem solved, you always call a three because they'll create a process. Yeah. They make great coaches because they create a process to bring the best out of people. Mm. Fours are original people where they operate, uh, they're your creatives, your artists and that. Fives are your wise people. They're your introverts, your thinkers your intellectuals, uh, they can be introverted uh, in a way. Um, uh, sixes are your loyal people. They are your law and order people, black or white, never the color gray, uh, not, uh, uh, they don't like surprises. They're not risk takers uh, in that. You know, follow the rules and you get, have no problem with the six. Sevens are joyful people. They're your big picture people. They are your um, uh, fun loving people. They're risk takers, adventurers, um, love to travel, love to connect with new things. Eight, eights are powerful people. They're your captains of industry, your activists, people with strong personality, principled people. Um, they, uh, they're the people who speak up when no one else does, all right? Um, and then nines are peaceful people. They're your, your, your reconcilers, your ecumenical people, easygoing people as well, similar to twos. Now you notice that I said good, loving, efficient, original, wise, loyal, turned around and said joyful, powerful, peaceful. Those are the characteristics of God, right? God is all of yeah. those things. Yeah. And we have a slice of that in us. Remember, mm -hmm. we are made in the image of, image of God. Yes. So we have a slice of that in us. So the goal is, is now, remember, every aspect of what God has given us is good. But sin, the sin within us yes. pollutes that which is good. So now when I talk about one being a good person and they're a leader, they're a perfectionist, guess what? 
perfection can be something that is good and the enemy can also pervert it yes. by making us believe that we have to have children who have to be perfect. Mm. All right? Good, now, that's children, good. We can be very loving people, right? We can love, love people through a lot of challenging things. But guess what? The enemy can pervert that by making us enablers as parents, right? <laughs> we can be enablers. We Absolutely. can continue to have a hard time saying no to our children and yes to everything they do. We can be efficient people where everything has to be done in an efficient way. But that can also be what? You can miss the human connections. You're always wanting to create this excellent process, but you forget that their excellent process also includes people. So the people have to be in there. So if we're trying to create this routine as parents, I need this routine so my house runs efficiently. Yeah. Well, you forget that there's a human element in there and that those are your children. Yeah. They That's can't, good. you know, it's not always gonna be perfect, mm -hmm. all right? If you are a, a, a four, you're an original person where everything is creative and everything, well, your children may not be thinking that way. Yeah. You know, suppose you're creative and your child is a scientist. They're not thinking that way. They're thinking in what? In a very, very structured way. So they're looking for structure now when yeah. you're thinking that they need to have some level of quote unquote freedom. Are you following me? Absolutely. You're a, you're a five and you're a wise person. You're an introvert. You're a thinker. Okay. And you don't easily connect with people. Well, guess what? If you're a parent and you're a five, you're having trouble connecting a lot of times with the children, with your family, because you're thinking that what, again, you're thinking that if I give my children everything they need, I can go into my office and do mm -hmm. my work. Again, you see, you, are you seeing how? I'm connecting, I'm connecting the dots. Right, and so now if you're a six, and you're a parent, that means you value security. You value preparedness and all of that. Well, if you're a parent, you're cautious about everything. Your children can't do anything because you're afraid that something's going to happen to them. So every decision that you make is within that framework. Yeah. So your child is, uh, 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 is in a household that's got, you know, the best compute, best security system, the best everything, because you're afraid that something is going to happen to your family. Mm -hmm. What does that do to the children? Are you following what I'm saying? If you're a seven and you're on the end, you're a seven, that means you're, you're joyful, you're big picture, you're not very detailed. You get bored very easily. You move from diff different things. Well, guess what? If you're a parent and you're a seven, I'm willing to believe there are all these unfinished projects in your house. Mm. <laughs> you know, you started cleaning yeah. the garage out, got distracted. You started, you know, renovating the kitchen and got distracted or this or that. And so your child is in a yeah. house yeah. That is just, you know, it's like, when are we going to get to sticking to something? Mm -hmm. And and remember, sevens always have 
all these new ideas. So now they've got the RV sitting outside, they've got the trampoline, you know, they've got the boat. And so the kids are like, okay, you know, when are we going to like get one thing and stick to it? Yeah, that's good. If I'm an eight, I'm a powerful person. I'm, I'm speaking out about everything. My personality is strong. So guess what? If I'm a parent and I have this strong personality, my kids are afraid of me. You know, I'm thinking about the past, the pandemic passed in the last two years, yeah. and I'm and I'm reflecting on these different uh, type of uh, uh, images going through my mind. Who who would have had the greatest struggle during this pandemic time? Oh man, definitely the greatest struggle during this pandemic were the fours, mm. the the sevens had a great uh, great struggle during this pandemic mm, yeah. and, 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 and and also uh, people who can't control things like mm. the ones, the threes, mm-hmm. you know, the sixes, they can't control the environment. Mm-hmm. So they don't know what to do. So guess what they did? Their house was immaculate. They cleaned their house. Yeah. They, they, they did building projects in their house. They did all of that. You know, um, but again, what the ones, what what people who are who have these structured personalities, they realize that their children are not very structured. <laughs> you know, you know, it, 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 what parents didn't realize was, I'm with these kids all the time. I used to be with them a couple of hours a day because they get right. to school and all that. Now. We're here all day. All day. All day. <laughs> and we're, and, wow. any of them and what, what happens when you don't have any tools to be able to understand how to do that? Because yeah. yeah. remember, if you only have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. That's it. So you're pounding, 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 and you need more tools for the tool chest. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? It's one thing when you have one child you have to figure out, but what happens when you have three and four children that have all these different personalities? One is very creative. One Mm -hmm. is very introverted as a thinker. One is the life of the party, you know? Mm -hmm. One has all the mouth and and, and the strong personality, you know? And you weren't necessarily wired to handle all of them. You know, when I think about it, for parents who have been, you know, pulling their hair out maybe over the last two years and, and trying to deal with, with these different, uh, you know, the different children and personalities and so forth, uh, I want them to know now uh, from your explanation, hey, it's normal. Uh, it's, normal. it's normal, right? And so, uh, although you think your home just blew up because of COVID, actually, you're actually getting to know each other in a, in a way you probably never have known each other but the but the bigger key is because you may not be familiar with this type of information and knowledge you probably dealt with it in a different way or responded in a different way than if you were equipped and trained and or take took these type of assessments to understand the different personalities and and, and type of people in your home uh you know when I, I, I listen to you and I'm just thinking about um, 
building a better you your new book that's coming out mm -hmm. uh i want to i want to dive in there a little bit because um you know we're embarking on this journey together and mm -hmm. and we're trying to you know discover right uh this building and making it better and you and, and i love the way that uh that you talked about how god made us very unique and we all have intrinsic value we're, but we're wired different, right? We're, we're motivated by different things and, and our personalities are different and so forth, but that's normal. And that's, that's a good normal. thing. It could be a good thing uh, that sometimes we may not understand. Talk to me about building a better you, uh, the passion for writing it, and, and maybe two or three key points in there uh, for our parents to understand and be encouraged and, and then give them a word of encouragement around those those key thoughts, if you would. Okay, so it's it's the, the title of the book is Building a Better You, uh, using the Enneagram to help you find purpose, healing, and success in relationships. Yeah. All of us uh, are confronted by understanding what is our purpose from God. Jeremiah 29 says, I know the thoughts and plans I have for you. So God literally has plans for us. And so all of us have a purpose that God has for us and ignorance to our purpose doesn't cancel it out. Yeah. But just because I don't know what it is, doesn't mean that I don't have a purpose. Exactly. I have a purpose. So the goal is to help me find tools to help me find out what is my purpose. The second thing that you want is I, I, need, I need to get some healing many times broken people break people hurting people hurt people so how do i try to understand myself so that i can heal from some of my own experiences and trauma and not pass this on to my children so for example if i've been abused in some way or i've had a traumatic childhood and i have not been to therapy i've not been to counsel to, to have some level of counseling and done the necessary work, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to pass that on to my children without me even knowing it. Um, and so part of this book is about, let me find my purpose. Let me get some level of healing so that I can have success in a relationship. Because remember when we, part of relationship is, is that what? The more I know about myself, the better I can be in relationship with you. But the lifeblood of anything that we do is based upon what? Relationships. Yeah. We were called to be in community. The That's family right. unit is what? Is all about relationships. All about relationships. All about relationships. And whether you have, whether it's a, a, the husband and wife or extended family or however the family's made up, it's made up of people. And those people have a, a variety of purposes, variety of issues and things that they bring to the table. And one of the hardest things that we will ever do is to know ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's the hardest thing is to know ourselves. And we don't really have a lot of tools to help us to know ourselves. How, you know, so, so we're always constantly in conflict with our family and our children. So people come to me and they'll say, oh, Pastor Griffin, uh, if my wife would just do such and such, if my children would just behave in this way, the real thing is, is that 
they're the problem. <laughs> they don't even see it. Yeah. They don't even see it. They don't even see because it. they're so busy looking out yes. that they're not looking in. Mm -hmm. And so the Enneagram is about helping you do that. Now, of course, when you're looking at the Enneagram and your relationship to family, but we also, not only are we dealing with our families, we're dealing with our church families, but we're also dealing with people at work. Absolutely, yes. And what do you do when you have to work with a bunch of cave people? You know, cave people is an acronym that I believe stands for Christians Against Virtually Everything. So what do you do when you got to deal with these people? You know, they're against every single thing that you have proposed, you think about, how do you navigate that? You know, how do you deal with the staff infections at the, at the job? You know, hospitals are not the only ones that you can get a staff infection from. You can get a staff infection from your staff, your S-T-A-F-F. How do you sort of do that? So the Enneagram becomes tools to help us work through that. And that's Man. the key of the book. And we're going to help you with, you know, helping you put together a mission statement. Because if, 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 if uh, uh, the ministry that you serve or the church that you lead or part, it all has a mission statement. It all has a mission statement. How come we don't have one? That's right. You know, well, now you, you know, you're talking my language because one of the, the things that we teach a Victoria's family is that, you know, if we're not being intentional to raise our kids in the Lord, someone else will be intentional Absolutely. in distracting them uh, with a whole different worldview, if you will. And so um, they have a plan and we've abdicated that sometime. We abdicated to the church. We abdicated to educational systems, we abdicated to maybe a camp or what have you. But in reality, we believe it, it starts in the home and we have to start to be intentional. As you say, we never think to open a business without a business plan. Right. We never would think to, you know, to start a church and establish a church or be called to a church without a ministry plan. That's right. But yet every day we wake up and we try to, to be great parents and loving parents and so forth, but we try to raise our kids without any type of intentionality at all. And I always say, if you don't have a vision for your family in terms of where you're taking them, where's the journey, what's on the horizon as you look out, what does that look like for your family? And then the mission obviously helps you to understand how you're gonna accomplish that vision. And that's centered around values and things of that nature. If I don't know where I'm going, the wind takes me anywhere. And uh, I, I don't know if I'm off course or on course. Uh, and we know we have an ultimate purpose, which is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And how do we lead our kids in that direction and even begin that discussion, right? Man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm loving can, can, it. Can I, can, can I add this yes, to this? Absolutely. Absolutely. It, when you do the training for the families, it is imperative that they have a mission statement. Yes. What I often tell people is this. Purpose is offensive. Because when you know what you're supposed to do, you are no longer co-opted by other people. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, and so it's important that families, uh, a family unit, a family has a purpose. I always think of this. I watch this on how it's built. It said a baseball stadium is centered around home plate. 
the entire facility, we've been talking about the White Sox, the entire facility there is centered around home plate. And it's set on how it's built. Every seat must see home plate. Other than that, there's a flaw in the building, right? Mm. Yes, so sir. So I thought, wow, that, they, they build this, this, this $100, $200 million facility centered around a 12 by 12 or 14 by 14 home plate. Pastor, and we so got to go to argue, about a billion now, though, but go ahead. Well, bill, whatever, <laughs> bill, you, know, you know, billion dollars yeah. centered around. So, so let's, let's look at it even more extreme. A billion dollars centered around a 12 by 12 or 14 by 14 home plate. Yeah. Now, imagine this. Our mission statement for our families is our home plate. Man. And it, and interesting, when people come up to me at Oakdale and they, our mission statement is to worship, grow, and serve. So when people come up to me with these wonderful ideas for ministry, the first thing I say is, how do I see home plate? Yeah. If I can't see home plate, then there is a flaw in what you're presenting. Mm. And the reason is, is we can do anything, but we can't do everything. Yes. So as a family, how do we protect our focus as a family of what God has called us to do so that we don't wander in the street and get hit by distraction. Yeah. So that's what the mission statement actually helps us do. It keeps the family on point. On point. Yeah. Keep them saying, I love that analogy, pastor. And, and, you know, I think about it as I'm, as I'm thinking through with my family and, and at home plate for us uh, is the cornerstone, which is Christ mm -hmm. Jesus. And how do we help them to understand who he is and what he's done and, and the life that he lived? Yes. But also uh, the fact that he's interceding on our behalf right now and uh, to have that ultimate relationship. We, we say in, a, in, a, in the layman's term uh, that they would fall madly in love with this Christ Jesus because right. they begin to understand his grace in a way that they never understood. And that was, that's what really compels us to do. You know, it, it's really, we understand his love first and who he is and, and that compels us to do. You know, I was thinking when I grew up in the early years and, 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 and attending church and a lot of times I would, I would phrase it as performance theology is, is I need to do certain things and behave a certain way and, and, and try to live up to, to that and realize I would always fall short of that because I'm not perfect. I'm never going to be perfect, but yet I have a savior who is. That's right. I can just keep that focus on him and continue to take my kids back to the cross on a daily basis. We'll find uh, just amazing peace and, and joy and, and so many other the nine fruits there uh, of the spirit. Pastor, I'm loving this idea of home plate. I'm loving yes. this idea uh, flush out some more thoughts for me because we've got a billion dollar facility. We've got a home plate and all eyes must be on it. In this case, I'm saying must be on him. And, and, and the idea is uh, when I think about life even now, how do I finish well, right? And I mean, not only do I go through this life in a way, but how do I finish well and then leave that legacy, if you will, to carry on to the next generation because what I do today will impact my kids uh, in so many ways, even after I'm gone. Man, I, I love that story. So, give, me, give, me some, give me some more thoughts here. 
Yeah. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to give you an example Yeah. of, of why the word intentional is so important. Hmm. Okay. And I'm going to use my, I'm going to use me as an example. My parents were married for 48 years before my dad passed away. My mother told me, I said, you know, I grew up in church all my life. My mother said, your dad uh, came to faith. And, you know, we all said, we all started saying, you know, we got to go to church. My mom said, we, we decided we're going to raise you all in church so you all wouldn't become heathens. So my dad, I saw him, my parents, every Sunday at church. I mean, we, we went, my dad, you know, did things in around the church, my mother, all of that. Now, here's the thing. All of my brothers, we all went off to college. I have a brother who's a plastic surgeon in Beverly Hills. I have a brother who's an investment banker. I have a, I'm, a, I'm a pastor. My other brother's a, a jazz musician, went to Berkeley School of Music. Another brother who was a vice president at BT. all kinds of things, right? People look at my family and they see my brothers and I, and they say, you guys are very successful. You're, you know, you all are all in the church and all that. And my mother makes the statement when people say that, my mother says, that was intentional. Mm. <laughs> we were intentional yeah. Yeah. about making sure that our children had God in their heart, education in their head and manners. And we knew with all three of them, they would go a long way. Yes. And the reason that they were intentional about that is because both of them came from broken homes. Mm. And my dad was like, I said, did you ever think about uh, leaving the family and all that? He, so, he used to say this jokingly. He said, I told your mother, if she leaves me, I'm going with her. We're going we're to make this work. Yeah. And they were intentional about making it work and building our family and keeping our family together. Yeah, so you're looking at something that was not an accident. Right. You're looking at someone who, you know, they, they sat and intentionally yeah. said that if, if we can get God in these kids' heart, yeah. we can get education in their head, and we can give them a set of manners and things like that, we could definitely change the destiny of our family. Mm. And that's what's happening now with, my, with the generation. So my point is, is that that's why that home plate and that's why that experience is yeah. because somebody had to make the decision yes. to change the destiny of the family. Somebody had to make, whether it was your grandfather and mm. grandmother, whether it was your great grandparent, somebody made yeah. that decision to say, Jesus is the way we're going to turn around and allow him to be the head of this family. Yeah. Not to say that we get it all right all yeah. the time, yeah. you know, but the thing of it is, it's, it's all about being intentional and it's always about seeing the home. Every right. single counseling session that I've ever had, that I've ever, that th when people come to me, every counseling session, mm -hmm. it, 
every single one of them always goes back to childhood. Yeah. I've never had one that didn't go back. So that meant that if we don't deal with some of this stuff, you know, as Frederick Douglass said, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's easier to train, you know, train a young, young men than yeah. to fix broken, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> young boys than to fix broken men. Yeah. So it's easier to train these people, put the, put God in their heart early in life, yeah. be an example early. But again, we have to have the tools to be able to do that. Yes, sir. We need the Bible. We need other resources to help us with our with with the raising of our family. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Well, today we are with Pastor Daryl Griffin. Uh, he's heads up Oakdale Covenant Church, and and uh, just man, twenty one years now uh, at Oakdale. Um, and I'm thinking about his book, Building a Better You. Um, so where, where can we get a copy of your book? You can go to my website at uh, uh and you can order it from there. I have a book on this, this. This is my newest book. My old, my first book was on uh transition, yeah. And so now this is a this, this I've been revisiting my old book on navigating the transition zone because guess what, as church. And as family, we are in a transition zone right now. Yes. So go yes. to Oakdale, go to ddarylgriffin.com. Okay. And now, you know, I always recommend to our listeners, don't just buy one book. Uh, that one book's for you. That's good. I want you to pick up 10 books. Because what you're going to do is you're going to gift this book to a dear friend, to a family member, to a co-worker, uh, to a church uh, 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 you know, a uh, fellow uh, uh, in your congregation, etc. But don't buy don't buy one book because see that's what people do. They buy one book, and, and then the person borrow the book. You can't find the book and so forth. So I I encourage people, pastor, to get ten copies, and and then become uh, a truth uh, 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 generator, if you will. And so share. You know, get these ten copies. Keep one for yourself maybe your spouse and kids, whatever, but then give the rest away. Uh, and, yeah. and, and let me say this, uh, uh, my brother, is when you go to the website, uh, there is the, uh, there's an assessment tool yeah. uh, that I use, which is a free one called From Nine Types. You can fill out the assessment tool, score yourself, and if you uh, email me back, I'll help you work through some of your uh, your numbers uh, oh, so wow. that you can understand yeah. yourself a little bit better. Yes. Um, and I also do workshops for uh, organizations, churches or whatever um, around the Enneagram so that you can understand your work, yourself as well as those yes. that you are in community with. So that's a great starting point to so go on the website, take the assessment, order 10 copies, email Pastor Griffin and say, hey, we, we, we want to learn more. We want to go deeper in this and let him begin to, to, to help you to go deeper. Give us that website where we can uh, take the assessment one more time, Pastor. So you go to my website at ddarylgriffin.com and you'll see it on, the, on my website. 
Oh. Yeah, fantastic. Pastor, here's what I like to do. I like to give you, all my guests, the last final word for about a minute or two. I have to be careful with the pastors because, you know, you give them the mic, it might be three hours. But you got a minute or two, and I want you just to look into the, into the camera. Uh, there's families out there. Some, many are in great joy, but some are many in great pain. And the state of the family today is certainly being challenged in so many, in so many different ways. Uh, give us some word of encouragement uh, for our parents out there today who raise, who's raising a generation of kids that may be growing up in a different environment than maybe what we grew up in, uh, but encourage them uh, and, or just take it wherever you want to go. But I'm just going to give this time over to you to close us out. Uh, first of all, thank you. Yes, I, I am thoroughly encouraged. Uh, Remember, every generation's normal is different, uh, and every generation is different. So I often tell uh, my congregation over and over again, air, an air conditioning unit, having air conditioning is normal for me. But for my parents, it's, it was a luxury. You know, my children having an iPhone in my mind uh, or, or some cell of phone or so connected to social media is considered a luxury to my children is considered normal so every generation's normal is different and we uh sometimes we look at the future or at this next generation and we think that they're not going to be prepared they're going to be lost but actually they were concerned about us our parents were concerned about us and, and let's go back to our grandparents were concerned about our parents. Yeah. And let's go back and say, our great, great grandparents were concerned about our great grandparents. And yet somehow through the power and the grace of God, we are able to still make it. I believe that Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. I, I, I really and truly believe that. I believe that we sing a song back in the old church where without God, I could do nothing. Without the Lord, I would surely fail. Without the Lord, my life would be drifting like a ship without a sail. And so I literally believe that for, for families who are struggling, I really believe that Christ is the answer. I, do, I truly believe that. I truly believe that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. I truly believe we are the head and not the tail. I truly believe that we are blessed in the city and blessed in the field. We're blessed when we go. I truly believe that. And so I'm encouraged by the army of believers that are coming up. Do we have problems? Do we have issues? Sure. But so did Paul. I mean, Corinth wasn't the, the, a homogeneous city. It was all kinds of things were going on. And yet people were still being saved. So even in the midst of where we are and what we're dealing with from all kinds of, of, of things that we're bombarded with as, as Christians from the world, we still are able to be honorable in the midst of dishonorable people. The Bible says that Jabez was what? More honorable than his brother. <laughs> his mother named him Jabez out of pain. And yet what? He still believed that he could be, have the courage enough to ask what? God enlarge my territory. Keep your hand upon me. 
Keep me from sin so that I may not cause pain. He, he, he still had that belief. And I still believe that that same Jesus Christ, that same God is available to us today. So I, I have hope. I believe that we are going to make it because with God in us and God on our side, who can be against us? Absolutely. Well, thank you, Pastor Daryl Griffin from Oakdale Covenant Church. And it's been a pleasure, my friend, to reconnect. Uh, I'm coming back. Uh, if my <laughs> Chicago uh, uh, White Sox make the World Series, I'm going to get me a Chicago dog. I'm going to get me a pizza. And right. uh, I love to come by and just just say hey and uh, please catch up, brother. Okay, hey, appreciate please. you, my friend. Have a blessed right. day. Take care now. You too. Bye-bye.